Well, there are a couple reasons that I'm sharing with you today that the message that I want to share. First of all, in our time together, we've been talking about how God, in His Word, shows us that He has a desire to work in our lives. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been considering our response to that work. Basically, we've been, we've been asking these questions. Are we listening to God? And as He speaks, are we allowing Him to do His work in us? Well, that along with the fact that this past week, uh, someone passed away who was a precious man of God and had been a part of our church family for about four or five years. I think the Lord used all of that this week to put on my heart the message that I want to share with you today. It's good, it's even necessary, to periodically do an evaluation or a diagnostic check of our lives to see where we're headed in life and to make any adjustments that might be necessary. The Bible says in Psalm 90 verse 12, So teach us to number our days, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Psalm 90 verse 12 in the King James Version says, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. How does God want to speak to us today about our lives? Well, I believe He brought us here today to think about this question. Where are you going with your life? Where are you going with your life? And there's several things that I believe that God would want to challenge us with regarding that this morning. The first one that I want to share with you, I believe the Lord's wanting us to do a little bit of a check this morning, a self-check, a self-evaluation, a self-assessment of where we're all at in life. And the first thing I think that God would say to us this morning is that we need to realize that life is challenging. Any amens? <laughs> I think I heard that. This life that we live here on planet Earth is not always the easiest to live, is it? You want proof of that? Think about coming to church today. That probably wasn't the easiest for many of us. You know, we want to know God. We want to be part of His work. We want to grow in Him. Those are very commendable things. And you'd think it'd just be all out there, you know, fairly simple, fairly straightforward to accomplish. But what kind of obstacles did you face in just, just coming to church today? What kind of obstacles did you face? Maybe you had a long list of things that you really need to do this weekend. And you know, tomorrow starts what? Another week. It starts all over again. And it would have been a lot easier for you to stay home and relax or to, to finish those assignments or maybe something urgent, kind of urgent came up, something that you need to kind of pay a little attention to and you need to take care of. And it would have just made a whole lot of sense for you not to come here and you to stay home and to deal with that or whatever that was. Maybe there's even some of us here this morning that there's something going in our heart that, that makes us lean towards maybe not coming this morning for some reason. And you could have very easily talked yourself out of coming to church today. Here we have the opportunity to meet with God together and to hear from Him, yet it seems like the life that we are living, friends, this is the point that we need to pay attention to, the life that we are living gives us all sorts of reasons and opportunities not to do that. I want you to mark that in your own mind because that's really the point of this first part that we're talking about here. We need to recognize that this life is challenging and many times it can get in the way of us experiencing God's work in our life and can get us off track in life. Listen to what the Bible says about the nature of this life. Psalm 90 verse 10 says that this life is short, isn't it? The Bible says in Psalm 90 verse 10, soon life, it is gone and we fly away. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 14, that life is fragile. You know, the Bible says in that verse that you do not know 
what your life will be like tomorrow. Now, that's not a paraphrase. That's literally what it says. You and I do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. How quickly things change. Amen? Literally, in a heartbeat, things can become different. The Bible in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 says that we are like jars of clay. So fragile, aren't we? Life is short. It's fragile, and it's hard, too, isn't it? You know, many times because we live in the blessed nation that we're a part of, sometimes we forget how difficult life can be. We've been sheltered in many ways from the hardness of life that some people deal with across the world on a daily basis. But nevertheless, even though we might be a little sheltered, I think all of us can say that life can be pretty difficult, can it? I mean, if we're just honest and transparent this morning, we could say, life is hard. Uh, Job chapter 5, verse 7, Job had kind of gotten past all the inhibitions. <laughs> he had enough problems happen in his life. I'm just going to shoot straight with you. He said in chapter 5, verse 7, man is born for trouble. That was his perspective. That word trouble talks of labor. It talks of struggle. In John 16, 33, Jesus is in the world. I'm just going to tell you, you will have tribulation. And that word tribulation is pressure. It's something that presses on something, like pressing grapes. It's a burden or affliction that kind of pushes on you. The Bible says that life is hard, but it's also busy. We talked about that a little bit last time. Over and over, the Bible warns against letting the cares and the concerns and the stuff of this world dominate our lives. And especially living in the information boom that we live in today, there's just all kinds of opportunities to just spend even hours. I was reading it the other day in the newspaper, how many hours young people spend on the internet. They was like, oh, I spend four, I spend five, I spend six, I spend seven hours. <laughs> oh, for the days I used to have that time, amen, adults. But, but there are young people out there that are wasting five, six, seven hours on, on, on internet and things like that, but let's don't look down on them because us adults are wasting a lot of time. There's a lot of stuff to do whether it's hobbies or whether it's just taking care of things. And all that kind of fits together to say, if I could put it in my own words, life is tricky, isn't it? What do I mean by that? There are many opportunities. The way this life is put together, there are many opportunities for us to get fooled, aren't there? There are many opportunities for us to get off track. In fact, the Bible really says we start out our life kind of bent away from God. And along the way, we take a lot more detours, don't we? Has anybody ever taken a rabbit trail in your life? Has anybody ever bought any fool's gold on one of those trails before? You know, until God works in our lives, we are prone. That's the way we're put together. We are prone to getting tricked and getting into a world of hurt. In fact, the Bible even says that even when we try our best, even when, we're, when we think we're doing right, Proverbs 16, 25 says, there's a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Even when we think we're doing right, we end up in hurt and, and in letdown. And even the Bible says destruction. Job chapter 14, verse 1 kind of sums it all up. It says, man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of turmoil. Now, actually, the word short-lived means few in days, and full of turmoil means saturated with trouble. Man, who is born of woman, is few in days, and the few days that you do have are saturated with trouble. Now, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be honest. That's why Psalm 90, verse 12 says, God, please, God, please, we recognize the nature of this life. Teach us, God. We, we, we don't know this naturally. We don't act like this naturally. So, God, please teach us to number our days. We need to think about where we are going in life. 
Do you hear me today, friend? Are you thinking about where your life is headed? Are you making sure that each day counts, that it's appreciated, that it's not taken for granted? Yeah, how many times so many of us forget, don't we? Because of the challenge of life. Who's in danger of not realizing the challenge of life? Well, I mentioned young people earlier. Sometimes teenagers or college students, when we're young, we think life lasts forever. Many times it's only when a young person loses a loved one. Or maybe uh, recently you know, you hear about young people dying in car accidents and things like that. It's only when we lose somebody close to us or maybe the same age that as a young person we realize we're not invincible. We realize the shortness of life. But those old adults have been telling us about it for all these years and we didn't think they were telling us the truth. What about young families? If you're a young family today, you are just busy, aren't you? You're starting a family, you're starting a career, or you're stabilizing that family, that career, and many of us have children and with all the responsibilities and activities that children bring, you multiply all those, those uh, cares and concerns and things to think about and before it's too long, we forget how quickly it passes by. Can't tell you how many times, and many of you here can probably relate, my parents have told me, son, listen, be careful that you don't miss the years. Be careful that you have fun with your kids, that you pay attention to the stages. I'm, I'm grateful for that advice, that wisdom, because now as I look back, boy, it's going, isn't it? It is flying by my eyes. What about the baby boomers? Some of us here in this room, we've accomplished some things in life. We've put in some time. We've done some things. We feel more established. And now we're going to enjoy life. We're going to have some fun. And then a physical illness cuts all those plans short. All the dreams, all the the, the glory, the golden days, the, the years to kind of finish out and enjoy some of life after we've done all that work and then something cuts that off. You know, it might only be the oldest generation of people that realizes the brevity of life. But you know what's hard? If you're here today and you're in that category, when we get older in life, sometimes we get set in our ways, don't we? We kind of get to where we feel a little self-sufficient, and sometimes we can grow cold to the Lord because we think we've learned some things and, and we know how to live our lives. What's the point of what we're trying to say? No matter who we are, no matter what stage we're at in life, the way this life is put together makes it a challenge. And if we're not careful, we're in danger of living it without thinking about where it's going. That's why Ephesians 5 verse 15 says, Be careful how you walk. Be careful how... God says, pay attention. Stop for a moment and think about how you're living your life. Where's it going? Because life tends to take us away from thinking about that. But there's another reason I believe God wants us to think about this today. Life is challenging, but yeah, that's great. But we've got to realize we've got to give an account one day. Did you know... Please hear me. Did you know that one day you will stand before God and you will give an accounting for your life here on this earth? Did you realize that? One day, you, not me, for you, you will account for your life and I will account for my life standing before Almighty God. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed for men to die once and after this comes the judgment. And by the way, just as a side note, that kind of speaks against reincarnation, doesn't it? That's the lie of the enemy because he wants us to think this is a, this is a practice run. <laughs> you know, just try it out a few times and come, out, come back as a different thing. No, the Bible says we get one shot at life, to live life and to respond to God. It is appointed for men to die once, and after this, there's going to be some sort of decision. Isn't that kind of heavy? Uh, there's, there's a chance to live here, and after this, there's going to be a ruling about my life. 
Wow. Romans 14, 12 says, Each one of us will give an account of himself to God. In Ecclesiastes 3, 17, it says, God will judge both the righteous and the wicked. What will we give an account for? Well, not to oversimplify, but there are basically two main things that the Bible speaks of that we're going to give an account for. The Bible says, I believe, first of all, that we're going to give an account for our soul. Luke chapter 12, verse 20, God tells a man, he says to that guy, he says, this very night, your soul is required of you. All of us are going to give an accounting. And the first thing that we're going to give an account for is our soul, is who we are in the very depths of our hearts. Now, since we all entered into this world as sinners that are separated from God, God's going to want to know, first of all, did I ever have that dealt with? Did I ever become reconciled with him through his son, Jesus Christ? Did I receive God's mercy and his forgiveness that he offers freely to me? Did I receive that in my lifetime, have my sins washed away, and enter into a personal relationship with God? In essence, what we're saying is that each one of us is going, listen, friend, each one of us is going to give an account for our sins. And the only way to not be declared guilty is that if we have trusted in Jesus during our lifetime. So if you have trusted in Jesus, I want to say congratulations. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Listen, if you have received Christ, when you stand before God, He will no longer see your sins. He will see His Son. And God will welcome you gladly into a place He's prepared for you, a place called heaven, and I can't wait to go there. Amen? Amen. In fact, the more this life goes by, I'm ready to go. The only reason God is waiting is because He knows that there are many who have not received Him. And that's what He's left us here for, to spread that message. And so I'll gladly do that, but I'm going to tell you, I'm ready to go. However, for those who are not in Christ, if today you would say, Robbie, I am not 100% sure that I have personally placed my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ, friend, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to give an account for your own sins. That's reality. This is not a storybook I'm reading. This is the truth of God's Word. There is, as somebody said once, an old pastor, there's going to be a payday someday. Now, that may put it in a kind of a negative way, but it can be a negative or a positive. But there is going to be a pay. There's going to be an accounting someday. And I am, if I have not had Christ pay for my sins by receiving His gift, I'm going to have to pay for my sins. And the Bible says that you and I do not have enough power to pay for our sins. So when God's wrath is poured out on sin by our own choice, if we haven't received His gift of mercy and grace through Christ, we will be separated from God forever and ever. What a terrible thing. Some people kind of get upset with God about that. Well, first of all, He's God. He can kind of do what He wants to. And I trust that whatever He does is right. I, I struggle. I'm not happy about hell. I'm not happy about somebody being separated. It ought to break our hearts to think about it. That's why we share the message of the gospel. But can I tell you, it's out of God's love and mercy that He judges sin. God does not want, the Bible says, it's not, God's not willing that any should perish. God's not wanting to judge sinners, but God is going to judge sin. And that's out of His love and mercy, because what does sin do to our lives? It messes up a lot. Aren't you glad? As I said, I want to go to heaven. Why do I want to go to heaven? Because I'm ready to go to a place where there's not so many messes, where things work right where we truly love each other, we truly enjoy being together, we, we speak truth to each other, we care for one another, life the way it was supposed to live. Aren't you glad God's going to have a place like that one day? 
I'm glad that God judges sin. But it breaks his heart and it breaks our heart as his children that he also will have to judge sinners if their sin has not been dealt with. When he judges that category called sin, he'll have to deal with everything that's, that's a part of sin. And if Christ has not washed my sins away, I'll be in that category. And as much as that breaks his heart, by our own choice, we're going to be in that place. And we're going to feel the wrath and the judgment of God. I'm going to have to give an account for my soul one day. But we'll also give an account for a second thing. The second thing is our stewardship. You can read about this in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. Our stewardship. God's purpose for our life is not just that I would pray some prayer and be rescued from hell, though getting out of hell is a pretty good part of it, isn't it? That's a great advantage to receiving Christ. But God's purpose is not just that. God's purpose is, yes, that I would be reconciled with Him, that I would escape His wrath and His judgment, but then that I would be put in a position in a very positive way, in a proactive way, to fulfill the plans and purposes that He had for me. The Bible says that God has given each person in this room some of His stuff. God has entrusted, Matthew 25 says, God has entrusted. Isn't that kind of heavy? God said, hey, listen, I'm going to do some things, but I'm going to kind of do it through you. So I'm going to give you some of my stuff, and I want you to put it to use. Wow, have you ever thought about it that way? What has God entrusted to us? What has God put in my life? He's put relationships. He's put talents and abilities. He's put spiritual gifts. He's given me money and time and other resources. And one day, I will have to account to God for what I have in my hand, what He gave me, and what I have to present to Him on that day. Now listen, if a person never received Christ, they will automatically fail this test. Remember, the key to life is receiving Christ. The thing that makes everything else work, the thing that allows everything else to function properly is knowing Christ personally. So a person who never enters into that personal relationship with God doesn't have a chance to honor God with the rest of their life. But what about for those of us who have received Christ? That puts us in a position in our lives to see God work in every other area that He's given us. The parable in Matthew 25 seems to indicate, listen, the nature of God is to take His resources and to invest those resources and to multiply those resources. That, that's what you find in Matthew 25. Part of God's nature is that stuff just doesn't sit in God's kingdom. God takes His stuff, He invests it wisely, and He sees it multiply and grow. The kingdom of God is growing. Amen? God is expanding. God is on the move. God is not static. He's dynamic. And you know what? If you are one of His children, you're on the move too. Amen? You're growing. You're moving. You're not sitting still. You're not hoarding what you have. You're putting it to work. You're investing it. So when God looks at my life as His follower, He's going to want to see, I gave you some things. And Matthew 25 says He's going to say to us, you knew my nature. My nature was that if I was here, I would be investing those things. And so did you reflect my nature as my child? Let's be clear about something. This accounting will not decide whether I go to heaven or hell. If I have received Christ as my Savior, that was already decided. I am going to heaven. But it will impact the reward that I experience in heaven. 
And the real point that I think ought to, ought to gravitate us towards uh, doing this in our lives, allowing this in our lives, is that God will get glory from the life that I live. One of my favorite passages is 1 Peter chapter 1. You see, because I, I, I like to live purposefully. I like to know there's a reason behind that. And, and sometimes I ask the question, like many of you, God, why has this happened in my life? I know it's not the most productive question, but I like to have that answered sometimes. And sometimes I just have to trust God. I don't have the answer. And that's where 1 Peter 1 helps me. You know what 1 Peter 1 says? Sometimes we go through things in life, and we never find out why we went through that in this lifetime. You ever had anything like that? Something tough in your life that you wonder why. You say, God, I'm just going to have to entrust that to you because I'm not sure why. But listen, here's 1 Peter 1 helps me to be purposeful even in those situations. 1 Peter 1 says that when you're going through tough times and you trust God even though he doesn't give you the reason that you're going through that, do you know what's going to happen when Jesus comes back? God is going to be applauded because of your life. I'm telling you, that gets me fired up. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When Jesus Christ wraps everything up one day and His child, you, stand before Him and the world and all of creation looks at your life and sees that God is such a God that His people would trust Him even though they didn't have a clue what He was doing, but because God told them, just trust me, everybody's going to go, wow. This God is amazing. God is going to get glory, especially by application. If you trust Him in tough times in your life, even though it doesn't make sense to you, all of creation is going to say, wow, God is amazing. Even when they went through tough times, His children trusted Him. What a great God He is. That's what I want to happen. I want God to get glory out of my life. Let's put it another way. It's possible... According to 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 16, it's possible to get into heaven by the seat of your pants. But don't you want to invest what God has given you? Don't you want God to get glory? Don't you want God to be applauded on that day? Because they say, okay, Robbie Lankford, here's your stewardship. What did you do with what I entrusted? After you received me, welcome to heaven, what did you do with what I gave to you? Wouldn't it be awesome just to hear a roar go through the crowd? Not for me, but because God was so mighty through me. And by the way, if you have a, I'll just make it by the seat of my pants kind of thinking, it's very possible, the Bible warns, you may not actually really know him in the first place. Yeah, it's possible to know him and just to squeak in. (laughs) I got Jesus. Okay, that's about it. I, I got into heaven. It's possible. But if that is my attitude in this life, remember the nature of God is expansion and growth and multiplication. If that's not my heart in this life, that may be an indicator that I'm going to shake you ground in my relationship with Him. So in light of all that, wouldn't it make sense if life is challenging, there's a lot of obstacles to us accomplishing God's purpose, and yet one day we're going to give an account to God for it. Shouldn't we every once in a while, finally, shouldn't we stop and evaluate where we are in life. Periodically, shouldn't we do a check base, touch base? Remember Psalm 90, verse 12? God, teach us. Uh, This doesn't come natural to me. I don't just stop and think about life. I don't get all philosophical and deep and and think about where I'm going. Teach us to number our days so that we might apply our hearts 
to wisdom. What is God saying through that verse? Lord, teach us. Help us to realize how challenging life is. And Lord, help us to be intentional about the way we're living and help us to live our lives wisely, not foolishly, realizing the obstacles that are before us, but also that even though there's obstacles, there's going to be a very real accounting one day. Today, I want to help you do that in your life, to do a little bit of a self-check or an evaluation. There are probably many ways that we could do that, but I want to give you a starting point, and then you can go from there. Now, I'm going to give you some questions to consider today. Let me just say to you, please don't worry about writing them down, okay? They are actually on the back table. They're going to be on the screen. I want you to look at them. I want you to consider them. But I really, more than recording them, I've done that for you so you can take them home. I want you to think about them right now as God speaks to your heart. Here's the questions to help you stop, at least as a starting point, and evaluate your life. First of all, what are your three personal strengths, greatest strengths? Now, what I mean by that is, there are some things that you or other people have noticed that you have going for you, okay? Now, I know we want to be modest. We don't want to be proud. We're going to say, oh, I'm good at this or whatever. Understanding that, but just honestly, things that maybe somebody said, you know what, i got to tell you, you're really good at, or I've really noticed that you just kind of have a way with whatever those kind of things are. What are your three greatest personal strengths? Okay, the other side of that, what are your three greatest personal challenges? Maybe weaknesses that you have, maybe people that you have or circumstances that pull against your life right now. What are those in your life? And then in light of those things, how are you allowing God to use your strengths? Wouldn't you think that if God gave you some things that you're pretty good at, it's very likely those are some of the things God's entrusted to you? Let's put it this way. Not everybody can do those things that you can do. So probably God would want you to be putting that to work. How are you allowing God to do that? But you know, the Bible actually talks about weakness being used by God. So how are you trusting God to help you with your challenges and to work through those? Actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 seems to give the indication that it's actually in our weakness that God's strength is made more perfect or more strong through us. And so actually some of those weaknesses that you perceive in your life or maybe that others have pointed out as well, those actually might become some of your greatest strengths if God were helping you. So God might be holding us accountable for that too, right? The things that you struggled with, did you give those to me and let me be strong through you? Knowing that God put you on this earth for a reason, what do you believe He created your life for? We know from God's Word that He put us here for a reason. Why is it that your life was here? Have you thought about that? Do you know what that is? And if you do, are you fulfilling that plan with His help? Think about this. If today were the last day of your life, what would you regret or wish you had accomplished? Let me put it another way. If we just got a phone call, somebody kind of ran down the hallway, whispered to Sanders, she came up and handed me a note, I opened it up and it says, um, Jesus just called, he's in Wilton, he'll be here in 20 minutes. If I just said that, what would happen? Really, what would happen? We'd freak out. Everybody jump up. It'd run do something, right? I would run, talk to somebody, get something straight, witness to somebody, make a phone call. There would be some things that I'd be thinking about, uh oh, I need to make sure that something has been dealt with. We don't usually think like this, do we? That's one of the reasons we come to church. I believe God wants to grab our attention and capture our hearts today to say, listen, 
just as real as if you got a phone call saying Jesus is on his way. The Bible says the time is near. The time is at hand. The Lord is at hand. It's not, a, I know, the Bible says that, you know, it's like we, we say, well, Second uh, Peter says, you know, uh, people will mock and say, where's the promise of his coming? You know, he's supposed to be coming. Where is he at? Well, the Bible says a thousand years is one day and one day is a thousand years. What's it saying? You know, as far as God's concerned, it could be just any moment now. And according to his word, that's the way we ought to live. Any moment now. I know you don't believe it. You got lunch going and you fully expect to go eat that lunch. You got a birthday party. You fully expect to go to that birthday party. And you may very well. Last week, life just continued on. The week before that, life just continued on. It may be that next week we'll see each other again and life will continue on. But you know what? There will be, according to the Bible, a point in your life where life will not continue on. Either Jesus Christ will come back and your accounting will be ready or due, or your life will be over and your accounting will be ready. If today were your last day, would you be ready to give an account for your soul? In other words, have you received Christ as your personal Savior? Are are you depending on your own works, which His Word says will not be enough? Would you be ready to give an account for your stewardship? Are you using all the things God has given you for His glory? Think about this one. Now, I want to be a little bit careful about this. I don't think we need to live our lives in light of other people's opinions. But in the sense of the impact that my life has made on others or that your life has made on others, what do you think people would say about you and your life if this were your funeral right now? What do you think people would stand up and say about your life? And how do you feel about that? And in light of all this, what adjustments is God calling you to allow Him to make in your life? Here's what I want you to do. When you leave today, there's uh, some green flyers on the back table. I want you to pick up, and these questions are on those flyers. I want you to pick up those questions. I want you to take them home. I want you to think about that a little bit further. Can you do that? But before we leave this service, I want to say this. Good for us if God gives us some time to leave this service, to go home this afternoon, early next week sometime, pull that sheet out, consider those things. I think we should do that. But I also need to tell you this. Some of us may not make it home today. And if you don't, you will still have to give an account for all we've talked about today, whether you ever picked up the sheet or not. I want to encourage you. If God is speaking to your heart right now, I want to encourage you. Yeah, later, if God gives it to you, great. Work on those things. But right now is really the time. Now, I know how it is. I've been a part of a church family, not as the pastor, but as a member of the church family and serving in other different ways. I know you hear the pastor every week, and, and, and almost just over time, we just, yeah, Jesus has come back. Yeah, we need to make a decision. Yeah, I need to. And it just seems like over time, you lose that oomph, don't you? But I'm telling you, one day I'll be the last. And today could be yours. Right after this service could be yours. I pray that it's not. But if it is, are you ready right now? Yes, I have received Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I have no doubt in my mind. I'm not in a hurry to die, but I have no doubt in my mind that if God took my life today, if today was my appointed day, as Psalm 139 says, if this was the end of my life, that I know if I stood before God that Jesus Christ would recognize me 
as his child. Can you say that? 100% without a doubt. If, you, if the answer to that question is no, I would be nervous. I would be fearful because I stand in judgment before an almighty God and I need to know that those sins are taken care of. Christian, listen. Sometimes we think that because we've missed the judgment of God that we will not be condemned. We think, oh, <laughs> I got it made. I'll just, you know. Well, I want to tell you, it is great to receive the grace and mercy of the Lord. It is unbelievable, and I'm still learning what that means. But I, I sense an accountability, though. I sense a responsibility. God has given me some things. And how dare I just lay down in life and just say, I'm just going to coast from here on out. I got the ticket. You know, I'm in. No, I, I, I want to see God get glory out of my life. Is there anybody here that would say, you know what? I just, I know there's some areas that are not glorifying God. And now it's time to put it to a stop. It's time. I'm done. God has spoken to my heart. And I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm putting a flag in the ground. It's going to be different with God's help from here on out. If God is speaking to your heart, we might have next week. I know the enemy would tell you that. We might have it. But the Bible says one day there will be no more next week's. So would you deal with it right now? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for your word that gives us perspective. It speaks truth to us. Lord, the enemy wants to tell us we've got plenty of time. He wants to tell us that when we get there, we can kind of talk our way out of it or we can compare ourselves with others or whatever we might want to do to, to justify ourselves before God. But the reality is, the Bible teaches that I will stand before you one day. And I need to be ready for that. And Lord, I thank you for speaking to my heart this week through so many different things. And yes, Lord, even Dennis's life, I just I thank you for just speaking to me. And I pray that even through Dennis's death, even that today you would speak to our hearts, that his life would continue to be a testimony and a challenge in the lives of others for you. This life is hard. It's challenging. It is so easy to miss what we've talked about today. And Lord Jesus, there are some people in this room that have been putting off dealing with, with these issues in their life for years even. In fact, if they remember correctly, it was the last time they heard a message like this. And I pray that it would bother them and scare them that they would take years again before they heard another message. Because as we've heard today, we may not have that opportunity again. Lord, if somebody that is a follower of Christ here today is not walking with you, is clearly not glorifying you with their life in some area, I pray that that would bother them. Yes, I'm going to heaven. I rejoice in that, God. But I'm not just going to take that gift and run. Once that gift comes into my life, it changes my thinking, and I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to honor you. I want to see your work accomplished. So would somebody here today just draw that line in the sand that I talked about and say it's going to be different with God's help. Whatever you're saying right now, just as the song says, take us, mold us, shape us, set me apart, Lord. I know you're calling. I know for me personally, you're speaking to my heart. You're calling me to be more special for you, God. And I pray that you do that in somebody else's life right now, in these moments, in Jesus' name. Amen. If God is speaking to your heart, 
and you need to deal with that, you do that right where you stand or you come forward and talk to me, but make sure you deal with it right now. That's what this is called, an invitation. God has spoken. Now it's time for us to respond.